next. How many human torches does it take to burn an army of ice zombies? Nerdcyclopedia starts now. back people oh, hey what's going on, on scott man what's happening with you buddy what's up sam how you been doing all right all right all right you know we um you you guys may not see it may not seem like we was we've been off but we've been off you know uh we got this consistently coming out on itunes and google play and everything every week oh, yeah. but we've been in the midst of you know having some personal stuff moving and you know just getting some other you know things going on so um it feels like it's fresh for us we're coming back it does feel very fresh, and you know, a lot, I'm really glad to be here, uh, back with the old Nerdcyclopedia crew, uh, here to record uh, another one of these fabulous episodes of the Nerdcyclopedia project that is still ongoing. Don't forget to go to Nerdcyclopedia.com to um, get some latest articles and fan fiction and all your favorite stuff on nerd culture. And you know what? And this is super exciting. Remember, we're on iTunes now. We're on uh, Google Play now. We're on Stitcher now. You can get us in a lot of different places. So friends of mine that have not downloaded this yet, you have no excuse. I know you have a smartphone. You're not 100 years old. No excuse at all, people. So just make sure that you download, you know, tell your friends, tell your wife, tell your dog, you know, <laughs> tell the birds outside, keep them chirping, tweet it out. We're all here, buddy. That's right. So Nerdcyclopedia, also available on uh, Twitter, at Nerdcyclopedia. Please hit us up. If you disagree with me, feel free to hashtag hot, uh, hate Scott. I'm cool with that. Up oh, hashtag hate Sam if you disagree with me. We accept <laughs> them all day. That's right. We'll come at you, too. We'll, we'll address this stuff. We, oh, yeah. Yeah, we will people. address it. Absolutely. We don't have a lot on our plates right now, right? That's why we're back to the Nerdcyclopedia. <laughs> All right, so what we got going on this week, Scott? Well, uh, just to recap, I think the last episode we cut was our nerd nerd uh, addendum, which I know I'm still real proud of that one. So I just want to remind everyone, if you did skip the nerd addendum, go back and download it, because it is awesome. All right, so before we get in, I wanted to say that. Uh, I believe today, being the eighth you know, real episode, I guess, right? <laughs> the eighth letter, I think uh, we're on H today, right? Yes. H. H home. <laughs> <laughs> That's one H I could think of, right? Huh? Right, I got you. I mean, but at least you know some nerds live in their homes, right? <laughs> well, some of them, a lot of nerds still live at home. Isn't it? <laughs> a lot of nerds. Yeah, that, that's the stereotype, you know. You hate stereotypes, but unfortunately, you know, that that is what it is, you know. <laughs> so, uh yeah, the letter H uh my for last initial is H, so this is a letter I've always liked a lot. Uh, got a lot of different. Uh, I got a lot of examples today. Stuff I want to go over. H is okay. a pretty fertile letter, actually. Much fertile. Better than, yeah, much better than that stupid E. Oh, bump that E. We don't like E. No, we like H better. We might at just least skip, this week. We might just skip the vowels next time. <laughs> we might just completely skip it. Uh, all right. So the first, I want to start off a little bit. Uh, or something that's everywhere, and everybody's going to know what I'm talking about here. <clears throat> Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes, Holmes, the great detective. That's right. The great uh, example of a, a British man on opium who knows what's going on all the time. He's very precious. Hold up. He was on opium? Really? Oh, my. Yeah, he smoked opium and stuff. He was, like, all on drugs. That's, that's how that CBS show, show Sherlock 
he's like a recovering addict in that. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where okay. he got it from. He was like injecting himself with cocaine and stuff. Because, you know, drug mores were different in the 19th century. It was sort of a feel good, feels good, do it unless it's sex. That's kind of how it worked. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So so that was the premise of um, the Sherlock on CBS, huh? Yeah, it's actually a good show. I really kind of like that show a lot. I, and I, when I came out, I thought this is going to be awful. And I was like, oh, you know, it's pretty good. Well, yeah, I heard it was like a good twist on like the old, you know, old lore and everything. So that's pretty decent. And yeah, it's been on for like, you know, years. So, yeah, I mean, it so must be doing something right. I'll tell you, it's a good binge watch if you can ever get it. It's it's actually awesome. Oh, yeah, you should check it out. It's because it's like, is it as good on a per minute basis as the BBC version? Um, no, but there's a lot more of it. And then they make it more often than every like six years. So, you know, there's that. Now, is it more procedural as far as the show, or does it have like an actual continuing storyline? Like, it's, a, um, it's got a serial aspect to it, and it's also got a uh, like a crime of the week aspect to it. Okay, it's a little rhythmic. Like, I can kind of figure out like when they introduce the red herring, you know, and when that's not the red herring. Like, I, I've sort of gotten pretty good at figuring that out. So maybe it's a little bit uh, formulaic, but it's good. It's it's an interesting twist on the character because he's, you know. He's not like so because he's a, he's got weaknesses, which I think a lot of times is something you don't get in a Sherlock Holmes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, the, like the Robert Downey Jr. version, for instance, he's just a can do whatever he wants all the time, right? Okay. So it's 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 really interesting to me, and I, I think the guy that plays Sherlock, Johnny Lee Miller, does a really good job, and actually Lucy Lou's a good Watson, which was the thing that I was like shocked by the first couple episodes I watched. I was like, wow, she's doing a really good job, and I thought I would not care for that. Uh, you know that interpretation. It was really good. So you've been watching it from the beginning. Yeah, I started watching it the first season. It's uh, it's like my Thursday night. You know, NBC has decided to kill everything I love show. <laughs> Since you know, yeah. no <laughs> Parks and Rec couldn't get promoted. It's like the, one of the best sitcoms of the last twenty years. Uh, <laughs> you know, off topic a little bit. Uh, I mean, and this is just to announce something to you guys because I'll probably just keep saying this like over and over. I really disdain CBS um, procedural shows. I, I disdain that network and everything that it has to do with, it, except for The Good Wife, which it now ended. You know, but anything that has to do with like open and shut um, storylines from week to week, I'm not really uh, privy to, you know. I'm... Well, I know. I also know how much you hate watching AFC football on CBS, too. That's got to be really rough for you to do every week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, well, you know. I, I, I got to go to CBS sometimes, you know. They, 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 they force me to, you know. They got that good stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, Sherlock. Um, he was a very popular detective on um, one of the bases of detective work in in in, in fiction. You know, Batman got a lot of his, or the, uh, Bob Kane got a lot of his ideas from you know Sherlock as far as his his um, character Batman for the you know the Dark Knight and everything. Oh, absolutely, yeah. He was the world's greatest detective, like you know, I guess fifty years before Batman was, and. And, uh, you know, what's really great about Sherlock, actually, is uh, a, lot, a lot of those stories are in the public domain now. So you can just go Google them and find them, like almost all of them. So oh, if really? Ever wanted, okay. Yeah, if you ever wanted to read the, the Arthur Conan Doyle stuff, you can just go and Google it and just pull it up and, you know, watch it surreptitiously at work when people think you're working. You <laughs> throw it on a Word doc and it'll look like you're editing something and you just read it. It's pretty neat. 
Now, I don't I don't do stuff like that. Sit, s- sitting at your cubicle, cubicle, right. and um, you know, just pull up some Sherlock Holmes and pass the time in between. Oh, I gotta do. I gotta edit this doc. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Watson? Are you working with IBM? Hey guys, let's all relax. Uh, or, I, or I'm not taking a call right now. What are you doing in the meantime? <laughs> I'm reading some Sherlock. What's this all about? Yeah, you know, the character became so popular that Arthur Conan Doyle got sick of writing it, so he killed him. And oh, wow, like, really? Yeah, like, like didn't take, because they drove a, they did one of those dump truck of money things, right? They drove okay. him to his house, and he was like, all right, I'll So he, came, he he first appeared on the scene as far back as, what, 1887, huh? Yeah, yeah, he's been around a long time, and it was, um, you know, what, a letter in Scarlet or something like that, or studying Scarlet. It, it's, it's, so he wrote it for like 40 years, you know, and uh, it was really, really interesting. The history of the character is actually interesting, too. I mean, not that I'm going to, you know, it's, it's he's appeared in almost every era. Every generation has at least, you know, five or six interpretations of the character. Even this last half decade, you've got the BBC version, you've got the CBS version. I think um, uh, Ian McKellen started his, like an older Sherlock Holmes right. in a movie. So there's there's a lot of different interpretations. Of course, the Robert Downey Jr. one. So it's almost, he's really become a trope. And that's that's something that, you know, that sort of uh, pulpy sort of, you know, uh, mystery fiction is something that I think is an underpinning of nerd culture. So when we talk about the um, <clears throat> we talk about the origins of nerd culture, we can talk about Jules Verne and we can talk about our, this guy. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there's, there's a lot, a lot to say about that for sure. Well, it says, I mean, Wikipedia is saying that um, Guinness Book World Guinness World Records is having him listed as one of the most portrayed movie characters in history. So, I mean, I guess that says a really a big deal about the character in itself, that he is a very popular character. And I think the, the detective aspect of him um, just lends itself to um, people just like figuring stuff out. You know, they like the idea. That's why P Procedure is so popular. Not with me, but, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but they just like, you know, have, having things figured out for him or, you know, proven or, you know, finding a bad guy or what have you. He's like the epitome of that. Well, it's just such a good, you know, constructed story arc. Crime happens. Yep. Person intervenes. Yep. Evidence is presented. Yep. Crime is solved. Yep. Person is captured. Yep. Story ends. So it's this nice arc that ends with, you know, it's a good narrative. It does, it's an all-in-one. You can do more. You can serialize them. You don't have to. You get a lot of freedom. Right. Plus, the, the other thing to remember is that he's been around the entire era of film. Okay. So there's never been a time when there was film when Sherlock Holmes wasn't around to be filmed. He's very adaptable. Very adaptable, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah, yeah. I mean, really good on on Sherlock there. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes is pretty awesome. Pretty pretty awesome. All right, all right. So what else we got here? Oh man, we got so much. What do you want? Do you want to do video games? Do you want to do history? Do you want to do other sorts of uh, nerdiness? Do you let's, do let's let's try box? video games. What um what do we got in video games? All right. So my number one topic in video games, and this is something that is uh, you know a super big uh, deal, uh, is the Zelda series. Okay. The Legend of Zelda, which is one of the most popular series in the history of video games. Hyrule. Uh, the land of Hyrule. Yes. <laughs> the kingdom that you are trying to save every. Like two years. Every it seems like it's weird. It's weird coincidence. Every time there's a new like uh, generation of consoles, mm-hmm. all of a sudden Hyrule needs saved again. So it's like this bizarre. <laughs> it's a bizarre coincidence, really. Yeah, some, something's always it. going down at Hyrule that you know. Yeah, right. Like it's, it's just odd. <laughs> the Link just needs to go in and you know just save the day, be the hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the land of Hyrule obviously has changed uh, a lot uh, in the different um, 
you know, generations of the console. Uh, my two favorites are The Link to the Past, which is the uh, Super Nintendo version, and Ocarina of Time, which was the first Zelda on N64, which made it 3D. I like those two iterations the most. Oh, okay. Um, I never... been. I never played both of those, so... Really? Um, no. Mm-mm. Man. Yeah, I played um, probably the first two or three Legend of Zeldas before it crossed over to... Um, before it crossed over to the 64, and then mm-hmm. it stopped there, because I never got a 64. <laughs> yeah. Well, 64 is the my, my favorite console. Oh, okay. Out of school. But what's really interesting about Hyrule is that after, like, you know, 20, 25 years or so... Nintendo released this big long thing called Hyrule Historia, where they talked about the actual um, timeline. Okay. Right. Of the, like they said, there actually is a coherent timeline that connects all the games together. Oh, really? And, okay. Yeah, it's this really like it's this really wicked dark <laughs> timeline where like there's this uh, one game where you travel in time, um, and there's three possible outcomes. One one after you're done, you get sent back to you know. Uh, when you're a child, you, you basically switch between when you're uh, fifth, 16 and 9, I guess, right? Okay. So you do stuff as a kid, and then you do stuff as a young adult. And then, uh, so in one timeline, you're like, this sends you back to when you're like 9, right? And then oh, that wow. timeline branches off. Uh-huh. And then another timeline, you stay. it stays from when you're an adult, and that timeline branches off. And those are the two timelines when you're, when you're successful in stopping the villain. Mm-hmm. And there's a third timeline, and it's actually the timeline where you fail. Where you like fail. The villain, yeah, the villain wins. Oh, wow. And, like, the, and like that's where the actual original Zelda's come in. That's that timeline. Huh. So really, yeah, so it's really interesting. So it actually goes back into, like, you know, elements of, like, the first game? Yeah, so, like, oh, really? so they tied it all the way back in, and they said the reason huh. why Hyrule in the first couple games was so sparse is because it was already destroyed <laughs> by this, you know, this villain. Uh, so it's really, 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 like, I think it's really cool. Um, is that something that, like, it was, I guess, kind of retconned in, but Mm-hmm. Uh, when they did it, I was like super confused, and then I like kind of watched the videos on it. It's really, really neat. Huh? That's that's pretty decent for a video game, you know? Yeah. Well, Nintendo doesn't skimp. No, Nintendo no. Especially skimp. especially on their um, Legend of Zelda series, they really put it all into that. You know, that and their Super Mario stuff. I mean, those are their big, um, you know, um, icon, iconic, you know, things for the for the, for that company right there. That's their big, their big. Um, franchises you know yeah, that's where franchises. Like, i heard they have enough cash stockpile they had a really bad year last year and they could have oh really another, yeah they can have <clears throat> another 75 of those bankrupt <laughs> because they have so much cash because they basically own the home console industry for like 10 years you know mm-hmm. so they have all that money stashed up and since you mentioned super mario i do want to give a brief shout out to uh darbian who's a friend of mine on twitch Mm-hmm. Who just set the world record for the Japanese version of Super Mario 2 last night? All right, and beat it in an eight minutes flat, which is just which was ridiculous. It's a ridiculous run. Uh, it's kind of funny because you know on Super that, Mario he did he he completed that game in eight minutes. Well, that's Super Mario. That's the Lost Levels one. Okay, he, he beat he actually set the record for Super Mario in like four minutes and fifty seven point two seconds last month. What? Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's really crazy. You gotta look it up. That's at Darby, and he's on uh, Twitch too. Okay, I highly recommend. Okay, um, but the uh, <laughs> the last night we were just you know the way those runs work is you'll do you know you try you're looking for like perfect like random number generation stuff. Uh huh. So he did like six 
6,500 attempts of Super Mario 2 Japanese, right? Which is just like Super Mario 1. It's mm-hmm. different than the American Mario 2. Okay. Except it's, like, way harder. Okay. And and so, he, like, we were just talking about random TV. So I'm in there, like, saying that I like, like, Rick and Morty and stuff and talking about all the stuff I talk on the podcast. And all <laughs> right. of a sudden, it's, like, it's, like, funny to watch how, like, the people in the chat room, like, slowly realize, like, like oh, man, this is actually, he's going to set the record on this run, you know? <laughs> uh, That's awesome. Yeah, because it's like the 6,500th attempt or something, like, ridiculous. So wow. I just wanted to say, you know, because that just happened uh, yesterday to timestamp this set, right? Because it's, uh, that, I guess, will be something you can Google. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to say, you know, way to go, Darby, and, you know? It's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. <clears throat> so, sorry about that. Anyway, that's Hyrule. <laughs> Hyrule, uh, you know, uh, fun fun to explore. They, they add some depth to it every iteration, so uh, real nifty. All right. All right, what else we got at H? Ah, uh, okay. Um, why let's, don't we talk about history? All right, let's go now, to history. We all know there is no historical figure that starts with H. Thank God, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right. So I'm nerdy about history. We discussed this. Uh, mm-hmm. I've talked about at length about historical stuff that nobody else cares about, and people fast mm-hmm. forward through, and that's cool. Uh, but this is again, this is our podcast, so we get to talk about whatever we want. Whatever we want. And that's something that's going to keep happening. And remember, if you don't give us a five-star review, I will give you the business. <laughs> it will happen. Uh, so we're going to skip over the big H until much later because I have a feeling we'll want to do something else with that uh, really famous H historical figure. Okay. Um, so I want to talk about um, history itself. Okay. And the reason I want to do that is because there's a historian, the first historian named Herodotus, um, sort of invented history. And he started talking about real events like a narrative, and before there were just there was mythologized history like the the Iliad, where they talked about the Trojan War. Okay. And you know the ancients accepted those sort of things as history. Mm-hmm. So to the, the ancient Greeks, the the Iliad happened, like the Odyssey happened. This mm-hmm. was real factual events. But what Herodotus did is he went and collected historical stories and historical evidence and presented them as as fact and as a narrative. Okay. So he talked about ancient Babylon, and he talked about Persia, and he talked about um, the Battle of Thermopylae, okay. you know, the, which is, you know, the movie 300 is based on. Okay. And he built a narrative, and he showed, you know, themes and and uh, talked about all that stuff. And that's actually, he was in, um, I want to say, like, 470s B.C. Mm-hmm. So he predates Alexander the Great, so, you know, he talks about, like, Egypt and stuff and... A lot of what we know about it via ancients comes from him because of his history got passed down to us. Now, there's a lot. He accepts a lot of uh, he accepts a lot of like anecdotes as fact, though. Okay. So, in addition to being called the father of history, he also has the interesting title of being called the father of lies because <laughs> because some of the stuff he says like probably couldn't be true. Um, well, I mean, I guess if you if you look at it as you got one guy um, documenting you know, quote-unquote facts and everything, um, Mm -hmm. and then probably twisting. I I, I wouldn't say twisting and everything. I guess based on his personality, he could really, I guess you could say twist, you know, things to his own, um, you know, own narrative and everything. He he can't create his own narrative based on the facts that he sees and his own interpretation and opinions and spread those about. I mean... Well, I think what's important to remember is that he had an audience. Okay. Just like we have an audience of three. He had an audience of many more, <laughs> many more than more three. than three, <laughs> more than three probably. Mm-hmm. But he was speaking to the Athenians, and so he was looking for a viewpoint that they would uh, sympathize with. Okay. So Herodotus would say things about the decadence of the East and how you know 
he would talk about the Battle of Marathon and stuff. And that gets a little bit political. Of course it does, and that's that's what I think is really interesting about Herodotus is that mm-hmm. you can see that politics and viewpoint is not something that's new in history, right? Right. And, and I think that's a really interesting lesson to learn, right? Uh, because you know it's you can write history a lot of different ways, and mm-hmm. what's that uh, that famous saying? History is written by the victors, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, really, really, really cool. Herodotus actually is a neat read. There's a lot of really cool books about him. Uh, the current uh, Hardcore History podcast right now is using a lot of Herodotus because it's talking about the Persian Empire. Okay. So that series is, uh, I do recommend checking that. I shout out podcasts I like. Sorry, guys. I hey, <laughs> you know, so, they, they, you plug them, and hopefully they listen to us. You know, when we get to more than three, they'll plug us, too. Well, you get, if you roll the dice, eventually one of those three will be someone I can help. <laughs> <laughs> like, eventually, we'll get to a point where one of those three people, like, we'll, they'll be able to be like, oh, I can help with that. Uh, the other ancient ancient H, the other big ancient H is Hannibal. Uh, Hannibal, the the uh, Carthaginian general, okay, who uh, led his troops from Spain over the Alps. He crossed the Alps with elephants, mm-hmm. uh, which is just seen as one of the most insanely uh, insanely amazing military feats of all time. Okay, and then came out of the Alps and immediately beat the Romans like badly. Like just completely devastated their armies, and and he beat he killed like eighty thousand Romans at Lake Trasimene, and then there was a battle at a place called Cannae, okay, uh, which is uh, sort of in uh, in northern Rome, mm-hmm. and he baited the Romans into into like driving at his center, like mm-hmm. he put his weaker infantry in the center, mm-hmm. and then he buzzed off the Roman cavalry, and then ended up with a double envelopment. Mm-hmm. And like just 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 decimated the Roman ruling class, just decimated it. Like he killed like a hundred thousand Romans in these two battles that were, uh-huh. like, that were very uh-huh. very short. Like there was not a big time between them. And the thing that's really interesting is that he had then had a complete run of Italy, and he would convince other towns in Italy to like, uh, you know, switch sides mm-hmm. and fight the Romans. And he could. But the funny thing is, and this is the thing that's really interesting about the Romans, mm-hmm. is that you would think that after these two horrible defeats, right, and not being able to uh, to beat Hannibal in the field really ever, right, at this point, right, they didn't have any generals that could match him. But you would think they would knuckle under and just be like, all right, we quit. But the thing is, the Romans would never do that ever. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You couldn't make them do it, and so mm-hmm. they just like be like, all right, we'll just we'll just build up another army and come at you again. And they didn't take no for an answer. They wouldn't take defeat for an answer. Right, so they sent, so they had, they, it took them time to develop an army, mm-hmm. and then they sent it to Spain and killed Hannibal's brother, and then, uh, you know, then they threatened uh, Carthage itself, and Carthage, you know, recalled Hannibal. Okay. So they, they say that Hannibal's main failing was strategic, because he, he probably could have forced a peace if he would have marched on Rome, but he had a more long-term strategic goal, mm-hmm. and if it ended up failing, he was in Italy for like 15 years. And they said that for the next thousand years, Roman mothers would warn their children to behave by telling them that if they didn't, that Hannibal would come and get them. <laughs> so, you know, that, Hannibal's a, another really, really amazing figure that uh, I recommend getting a, a more in-depth, <laughs> more in-depth uh, reading on for sure. Right, right, right. Hannibal's awesome. Um, we'll leave that at history for now. Okay. Uh, obviously, there's another figure that we'll hit uh, later when we. Uh, Give something to boot. I think it's a prime candidate for a booting. That's what I would say, right? Prime candidate, because we give the boots here. We give a boot. We take the boots medium style. (laughs) It's a different uh, different, uh, thing, so...
All right, let's head over to comic books. What do we got going on comic books? Oh, man, H is a great letter for comic books. All right. Actually, H is like a really great letter for comic books. Um, so do you want to start Marvel or DC? Now let's go Marvel. Marvel. All right, so there's one enormous green H. Right the right? Like there's a humongous green H that can destroy anything, right? He is the, you know, the, the jolly green giant. <laughs> the Green Goliath, he has so many, you know, other names, but he really goes by the incredible Hulk. <laughs> now, I hear this weird thing about Hulk. I hear this rumor that Hulk smash. <laughs> that's what, and when people what tell him to smash, he does smash. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk, I also heard Hulk, he wouldn't Hulk. like him when he's angry. Uh, I heard that, too. Yeah, you know. Hulk, you only got one job. <laughs> and that is to smash. <laughs> hey, we need someone to do so. We need someone to perform surgery. Don't get Hulk. Don't get the Hulk. No, Hulk no, perform no. surgery. Hulk smash. No, Hulk. No. The Hulk is a really interesting cre- I mean, um, creature because it's really based off the the, the old Jekyll and Hyde, um, mm-hmm. you know, story and everything. Um, translated into like you know a Marvel character that Stanley and Jack Kirby created. Um. He has, you know, he has the two sides. He has a David, oh, you know, Dave, I'm about to call him David Bruce Banner. Dave, Bruce Banner, he was David Bruce Banner in a TV show, but he came out as Bruce Banner, um, you know, on in the actual comics. So we're talking about comics here. But his iteration in the comics have been really interesting, like over, you know, the span of, what, 30 years um, he's been in existence? Maybe, 50. what, 50. Woo! Man, I'm cutting him off it like 20 years. 2016, <laughs> not 1996. So. Uh, yeah, Bruce Banner turns into the Incredible Hulk. David Banner turns into Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> <laughs> I almost got confused there. <laughs> Both are terrible. My bad. To turn into, right? <laughs> uh, Hulk, Hulk can't be reasoned with. Lou mm-hmm. Ferrigno can't hear you. Yeah, 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 yeah. The bad hair and everything, you know, it always just impressed me how you know Bruce had. I mean, the David Banner had the good hair, and then he turned into a bad hair incredible. You know, <laughs> I just I'm or, just glad they didn't. Or my bad, Lou Ferrigno, <laughs> right? Because Lou Ferrigno didn't say anything, but you know Schwarzenegger would have. Oh yeah. I'm going to be the Hulk. I'm going to I'm going to smash this tank. No, stop talking. Hulk doesn't talk. He just sm- no. I'm the Hulk. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. I'm smash the tank. So it's good they got Frigno instead of uh, Schwartz. Arnold. I, hey, I think I, wasn't he wasn't he actually up for the part um, at some point um, for the t- TV series? Uh, I'm sure he was. I mean, okay. who else are you going to get in Hollywood to play an enormous, <laughs> enormous Hulk? Like, and that was and that was well before the Terminator came out. Yeah, because that was late 70s, I think, mm-hmm. early 80s. And then Terminator came out in 84. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, remember, I think Terminator and Conan, and like those were all around the same time. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he sort of, you know, he he was already really rich. Mm-hmm. You know, not to get too much into Arnie again, but he was really rich, so he could pick whatever part he wanted because he had, like, he took all his uh, bodybuilding money mm-hmm. and put it into real estate. And, like, Howard, he was a millionaire and stuff before he started acting, which is just... Oh, he was super smart with his money, you know? Oh, yeah, the guy's, the guy's really a... Crazy awesome! <laughs> it's it's really it's a really impressive human being, honestly. Yeah. So Stanley and Jack they were on a roll with like creating these different characters: Spider Man, Fantastic Four, Avengers. Um, and then they got to eventually to the Hulk, and created another you know character that was sort of outside the whole Superman, Batman, superhero stereotypical norm. You know, they were creating superheroes that were 
um, had flaws, you know, and Hulk was definitely, uh, uh, he wasn't even really considered a superhero because he wasn't out saving folks. Um, you know, he was more or less put upon as a monster, you know, um, who still had those good elements of Bruce inside him whenever he did, you know, save, <laughs> um, um, you know, people from certain things. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they, they did a really good job as far as, um, putting his whole character out about. Well, Hulk came out in the 60s, and, and he, he was gray at first, which is really funny to look at, right? Because he was, like, not green right. you know, <laughs> when he first started out. Uh, but Hulk uh, was this real embodiment of this this quiet rage, you know, this, this uh, mm-hmm. repression that uh, people felt back then. Like, uh, you know, how, how far, far can you be pushed? How far can you be pushed? And then all of a sudden, if you push some, something too far, all of a sudden it snaps, you know? Right, right. And uh, it can become an issue if you're... Uh, you know, trying to deal with, you know, uh, it, it's almost, it, I mean, it's almost, a, you could call it a metaphor for the strength of America. You could call it a metaphor for the strength of, the strength and paranoia that you feel about atomic weapons in the 60s. Right. Because it's the same thing, you know, you you push you push too far, you push too far, you make him too mad, and all of a sudden he's radioactive and green and lays waste to everything, right? So uh, Smashing everything. Smash. <laughs> I mean, I heard Smash. You know, it's funny. Isn't, wasn't uh, Wolverine's first appearance also a fight with the Hulk? Yeah, yeah, it was. Like, All of a sudden, this little uh, short Australian guy came out. Well, actually, you know, he's from um, Canada. My bad. He was uh, Australian. <laughs> <one> <laughs> yeah, like Wolverine. Everyone knows that. <laughs> That's not who you are. No, you're, a, you're from Wolverine Canada. Like that. They were really confused about his origin in the beginning. Oh, Wolverine. <laughs> That's not how a Canadian sounds. That's eh? the wrong Dominion. That's the wrong Dominion. It's Canada, not Australia. But yeah, he had first appeared in um um I want to say one Incredible Hulk one eighty, and his full appearance was like one eighty one or something like that. Those yeah, numbers always stick out. The last panel, like I'm Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, and then he's like, okay. <laughs> and it wasn't he wasn't he didn't well we're not talking about Wolverine, but he did really get getting popular until he actually got into the X Men, which you know was a whole another story. But um yeah. So yeah, as far as Hulk, um, yeah, he had um, different superheroes pop up in his stories and everything. He um, eventually joined the Avengers for maybe what two issues, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> for maybe a mission, and then he decided he didn't want to have anything to do with the group. Right? He's like, ah, you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm out of here. It's funny too because. Um, he, he, he was a member. He was a founding member. He's always, be, you know, considered a founding member. And was and for years, he never joined back up with them. Never, you know, went on missions with them. Nothing, you know. Hulk wasn't a, um, they didn't think he played nice with other characters um, as far as in the team. So, it's so funny how he's in these movies right now oh, yeah. doing exactly that. <laughs> well, what do you think about about the, uh, the portrayal? What do you think about how Hulk's been uh, done? In the Avengers movies, and we'll, we'll forget the Ang Lee Hulk, I guess. And I was about to say because I mean that I guess that counts too because it was the first Hulk movie, you know. And then there was another one. Remember, there was a second Hulk. Like there's two Hulk movies before even Iron Man, right? Or the round Iron Man because there was that Edward Norton Hulk movie where apparently he like made everybody hated that guy on that set. Apparently, and, like they were like, we're not having you back, Mark Ruffalo. We're we're pulling. You, we're calling in the reliever. Get in here. 
Yeah, he, he he's a better Hulk. Although I didn't mind Edward Norton, um, mm-hmm. but if, yeah, Mark Ruffalo he he really does a great job being the Hulk or Bruce Banner, I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, not David Banner though. I'm <laughs> not David Banner. We captured David Banner. No, he's the one that turns into Lou Ferrigno. That's not a big deal. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, <laughs> you you talking about the portrayal of the Hulk? Um, in the movies, I think he's done fine. But I, t- to be honest, I think Bill Bixby had a really great grasp on. On um, the portrayal of you know Bruce David Ban David Bruce Banner, you know right. he 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 um so had a suppression as far as his rage, um he played him really soft and really kind and all that, and then when he really got mad, of course he turned into Lou Ferrigno with bad hair. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as you know, uh, uh, everyday guy, someone you can actually relate to, I think um the Bill Bixby version was really really good in that aspect he's a, it was a, it's a good character and don't forget the sad end of the episode sad walking oh yeah away music. yeah the the lonely that's man walking theme that's a classic right there the walking away music for sure yeah how could you re- relate like a, a a soft like piano with a um that the contrast is really deep with a jolly you know with the green raging monster you know i mean the contrast is like is like incredible as far as that that last you know that ending credit theme and everything mm-hmm. really smart mm-hmm. i like hulk 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 smash yep 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 all right so what else we got human torch okay don't, don't forget don't forget two human torches yeah not one human torch two of them two two human torches the original Human Torch from the 30s and 40s. Right. From Marvel Comics number one. An android mm-hmm. who could catch himself on fire. <laughs> because he got real hot, I guess. Right? Yeah. That's sort of the deal. Right. And he was the first... Uh, him and Namor the Submariner were the first big Marvel uh, characters. The Invaders. Yes. And they would show up and be like, you know, water and fire, right? They don't mix because they don't right. get along. Mm-hmm. And then uh, eventually he was just, like him and Captain America were just like shut down and hidden, right? Yeah, yeah. In fact, were him, Namor, and um, the Human Torch all a part of the same team? Like Cap, Namor, and and, and Human Torch all a part of the um, Invaders? I want to say, say, I want to say yes. Mm-hmm. I want to say yes. Um... But yeah, he just never like came back, right? Like, yeah, he, he disappeared for so long. Like, yeah, they never brought him back because they recycled the name and, and basically made it. It would be too confusing, right? Mm-hmm. But the uh, you know, uh, Human Torch was not uh, Johnny Storm. <laughs> first, I want to say that the Android portion has something to do with Vision. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not exactly sure the origin. So you can hashtag hate Sam right now. You know, he was created if, in Brooklyn, <laughs> New York. So he's all these guys are from Brooklyn, which means there must have been something weird going on in Brooklyn. Right? <laughs> he's from there. This human torch. So <laughs> he created the android for scientific purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you expose him to oxygen, he basically caught on fire, mm-hmm. and then he was sealed in concrete. Okay, and then he escaped due to a crack to let oxygen seep in. And then he, he, he tried a mobster tried to contain him mm-hmm. oh, wow. to, for to use his abilities for fire insurance purposes, which is just like right crazy, right, right, right. <laughs> and then he vowed to help humanity for some reason at the end. That's it. 
that's, that's it. Story. That's wow, story, that's right? his um, glorious origin, huh? Yep, that is it. Hmm, okay. So, uh, that is the Human Torch. And then remember, there's another Human Torch, too. Fantastic Four Fantastic Human Torch. Fantastic Four Human Torch. Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm, also portrayed by Chris Evans. So not so you could have a Captain America and a Human Torch portrayed by the same guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. They <laughs> uh, uh, create their alternate Earth invader squad, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah, you got the Human Torch. Um, the most recent one is Johnny Storm in the Fantastic Four. And you know. they, they got Michael B. Jordan to play him. Yep. So they got the Black Human Torch. So that's a, right, that's a, the first Black Human Torch. Put that you right know, up there. You know the what? First I, Black President, right? I, I fell asleep on that movie. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. It's on On Demand for free. <laughs> yes, yeah, right On On Demand for free. <laughs> I watched like 15 right I watched 15 minutes of the movie and fell asleep. Oh, like I've been, man. I've been really bored the last week. Like really bored. I've not watched that movie, and I know it's there. <laughs> hey, you know it's there. I know it's there. Like I rewatched Captain America two. Oh, rewatched it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I watched Captain America two. It's like, hey, you know, Fantastic Four. Uh, Fantastic Four is there. They're like begging you, know, you to watch, watch it. Captain America. <laughs> no, <laughs> let's not go to Fantastic Four. Oh no. Right. Uh-oh. Oh wow. <laughs> All right, what else we got in H? Uh, Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin was one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. It's a shame that they really can't use him in, to, in the movies because it would be such a ripoff of the Green Goblin. Right. Um, you know, if you look, if the casual viewer looks at it, it'll say, okay, this is just a ripoff of the Green Goblin. Right. Okay, but if you were a real avid comic reader, he was an essential, he, he was an essential um, villain for Spider-Man. In the um in the eighties and early nineties. Hmm. Yes. And he's what is he? So tell us, tell me more about Hobgoblin. You're the Spider-Man guy. Okay. So, so Hob, who he is, what he does. So Hobgoblin. Well, essentially, he's a Green Goblin except orange and um, <laughs> and, and wears a hood. He throws grenades just like Green Goblin. He rides a glider, you know, glider just like the Green Goblin. But the um the unique thing about what made the Hobgoblin special was when they introduced him in uh, Spider-Man two uh, two thirty eight. 237, 238, one of those issues. Um, they introduced him mysteriously. So you didn't know who exactly who this villain was. You know he was a descendant of like the Green Goblin, but you didn't know who he was. So Spider Man, you know, knowing that um Norman Osborne was dead, you know, uh-huh. didn't automatically assume that this was Norman Osborne. Um so this mystery ran on for what like fifty, almost sixty issues up until like Spider Man two eighty nine when they finally reveal who exactly the Hobgoblin was. And I remember that stretch of stories was so... It really made my Spider-Man reading, you know, that much more great um, through that whole saga. Because you had, like, um, him going against the Kingpin, him going against the Rose, and um, Hobgoblin teaming up with those guys to battle Spider-Man. And this was also through, like, the whole Black Spider-Man... <laughs> the black costume Spider-Man, I should say. <laughs> no, not African American Spider-Man. <laughs> There's been a black Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, we were talking about the black costume when Spider-Man first got his black costume. It was, um, you know, through these stretch of issues, and uh, Hobgoblin would just appear out of nowhere. And it would always maintain that mystery: who is a Hobgoblin? Who is a Hobgoblin? He mm. finally came out where the Hobgoblin was revealed to be. Um, 
uh, Ned Lees, who was a reporter with the Daily Planet, and he eventually got killed, and um, he was framed as the the original Hobgoblin when it was someone else. I totally forgot his name, but um, I thought I, I thought that storyline was decent because the Ned Lees character was around or doing the same stretch, and they was planting different characters within the story. For you to like guess who this is the hobgoblin, this might be the hobgoblin, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and then, like I said, once 289 came out, um, they finally revealed exactly who he was. Uh, and like I said, it was a fake Ned Leeds, and then later Ned Leeds got killed, um, in the same issue. And it ended up, ended up being, huh, let me google this right quick, it ended up being someone else that they revealed to be the hobgoblin. I just love that the first, like, uh, <laughs> the first, like, Roderick Kingsley, mm-hmm. I'm going to read the first sentence on Wikipedia, amoral billionaire fashion designer. Like, come on, guys. Right. Like, really? <laughs> billionaire they, fashion designer? Like, they, no way. They actually retconned that because it wasn't supposed to be Richard Kingsley. <laughs> 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 they, they, and I hate when comic books do that. They, they rewrite what history already did, you know? Which I guess is fine in a comic book, because what are you going to do? It's a comic book. The guys are like, you know, I didn't like that resolution. Eh, it never happened. No, it never happened, you know. So that's that's how it was supposed to be Ned Lease, and then he retconned that, you know. I'm like, oh, He was wow. brainwashed by a billionaire amoral fashion. Uh-huh. Yep. 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 Yep, yep, yep. Oh boy. They took a great villain and and to me Hobgoblin was still a great villain, you know, mm. because he he was a lot more um <sighs> he wasn't as crazy as Green Goblin was. Green Goblin was sort of like psych is is a jokerish type, you know, character for the spy, you know, of en- enemy for Spider-Man. Hobgoblin was more methodical, he was more uh, mobbish, you know, uh, as a Spider-Man villain. Like Hobgoblin. Yeah, yeah. Hobgoblin's he, pretty sweet. He's got those pumpkins, right? He's throwing the pumpkins around. He throws the pumpkins. You know. Take this pumpkin. That's uh, just a regular pumpkin. Where's that hood? I forgot to put anything in that one. <laughs> it's funny, too, because, okay, if you look at the character, it's all it's just Green Goblin, except, like I said, yellow and orange and brown <laughs> or whatever, you know? But he, he wears the hood, so... Wow. If, if they ever do him in the movies, I mean, it'll, it will be very interesting, you know? Very interesting how they twist that. Isn't that what? Isn't that who James Franco was supposed to be? No, 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 no. He he was the new Goblin, as they uh, said in the movies, or Green Goblin Two, or whatever you know. Um, which we won't go to Spider Man Three and the um, the, the 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 craziness of that movie. We'll get to you later, Spider Man Three. <laughs> we'll see you on the boot section of episode S. We'll see you later. Okay, so here it is. Jason Masondale. Okay. So that was his... Um, um, it got retconned as Roderick Kingsley, but um, the, from what I've read, um, the Spider-Man 289 has revealed that it was actually Jason Masondale who framed Ned Leeds as the um, Green Goblin. Because if you look at the, the characters and the history and Wikipedia and everything, has a bunch of different identities for the Green Goblin. One of them is Ned Leeds and Jason Masondale. And like I said, it got retconned to where it was originally Roger Kingsley who was actually, you know, doing all that crazy stuff <laughs> to Spider-Man <laughs> do it throughout all those issues. Uh, it, it gets convoluted, but, you know, like I said, it's comic books, so. <laughs> Gotta keep them going. That's the thing about a recurring media form, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like TV. You can't just be like, well, that's the story. Now we're done. Oh, we got to write another 500 episodes of this. So. 
<laughs> You're like, oh, we got oh. Bring him oh. back. Bring a hobgoblin back. Bring all the goblins. Oh, you said it. You said you said Kingsley brainwashes Lee to act as a stand-in on many occasions to fool the underworld into thinking Lee's is a hobgoblin. Wow. Okay. Yep. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's hobgoblin, people. Yeah, hobgoblin. All, all right. right. What do you want to do next? We got a lot of. We can play roulette. Uh, He-Man. He-Man. The Masters of the Universe. In the Masters of the Universe. I think classic, we talked about... Classic cartoon, really terrible movie. Oh, man. I think we talked briefly about Masters of the Universe in a, um, a couple podcasts ago, I think, Did right? We, I think you're right. Yeah, sure. just just a little bit. But we really didn't get into like the whole He-Man part of it, you know? We talked about it last episode because we were talking about Castle Grayskull. Oh, okay. So we oh, yeah, talked yeah. about He-Man as much as the character, who's mm-hmm. the guy in the fur shorts mm-hmm. with the, a leather H, right? That's his yeah. deal. Yeah. Super hot. Like said, man's got one percent body fat, weighs three hundred pounds. That's something. Right? And they say what he was a rip off of Conan. He was, and he had a bowl cut. So you gotta love anyone with a Pete Rose haircut that can destroy everything. And who comes up with a character called He Man? The answer is Mattel. <laughs> <laughs> that is the answer. And it sold a lot of toys, you it know. It did. It sold. I had like all that stuff. Oh me, man! Me and my brother combined had like the Grayskull playset, He Man, mm-hmm. like a He Man. We, I had a He Man that had you know those ring caps. Uh huh. You could put those in it. Okay. And wow. Like, and you could do like punching action, and it would like go snap. <laughs> you know, make this big loud like explosion. Oh wow. Yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, Man in Arms, um, Battle Cat. <laughs> Battle Cat. Battle Cat, you know, hard name, you know. I'm going to point my, <laughs> yeah, you know, what's funny is that He-Man has this sword, right? Mm-hmm. But he can never use it. Like, he never uses his sword in, in anything. He so, never used that sword? Oh, no, hey. Which is just the funniest thing, because I never realized it when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. He never wow. uses it. He um, never uses a sword. He uses it like a shield, but he always punches people. Ah, okay. And the funniest thing. They barely showed the punching, you know? Yeah, usually he just pointed at stuff and that would, you know. Wow, okay. He never he really used a <laughs> cringer. Yeah, cringer. Right? And then Skill- and Skeletor would be like, He Man, you can ne- you'll never defeat me, He Man. And he'll just be upon pointing my sword at you. Fine, forward again. That's how that's how every episode went. My my big question was when he turned back to Adam. How could people not realize that this guy with the same facial structure, same um, pretty much cut, bowl cut, and uh, <laughs> and and a uh, body type, and realize that he wasn't He Man? Hmm? I want I want to I want to put it this way. Imagine if like Prince Harry, right, of mm-hmm. England, right, mm-hmm. had a bowl cut, like a bowl cut, like the guy that owns the Raiders, like that mm-hmm. bully, right, <laughs> and then. Changed his clothes uh, <laughs> and ran around punching like terrorists, right? Like, uh, let's just imagine that that's what he did. Yeah. And then people, and then he would just like show up, like there'd be there were pictures of him, like they'd, he'd do it in like in public, uh-huh. and then he would show up like next to his grandma, right, on like royal stuff, mm-hmm. and everyone would be like, you know, Prince Harry's been away a lot lately. <laughs> we don't know what he's up to in his spare time, but we hear he's very busy. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way they don't know it. Like it's got a, It's not that big of a secret. And it shouldn't be, but you know, people. I mean, that's how comic book, um, um, cartoons and stuff. The whole secret identity thing was just real weird back in those days. I don't like if you're not wearing a mask, right? Like people. 
<laughs> like like with Batman, good going back into Batman. Yeah. Okay, so you got you got the bottom like the the, the lower part of his face and everything. And he's but, got that jaw too, right? And like you, got to, you should, you should really yeah, you should really know that this guy is Bruce. What well, hey, you know. A huge, a huge bodybuilder with an enormous jaw, <laughs> and, right? Like okay, and 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 also too, uh, with this new Batman and Superman movie, you got Ben Affleck, and yeah. he and you he has a di- the dimpled chin. Yeah, it's really obvious. He is, and he's famous again. He's famous. What did they say in the in Dark Knight? You would have to, or in Batman Begins, you would have to go two thousand miles to find someone who wouldn't know your face. <laughs> you say that to him, and he does it. It's like, like just put the whole mask on. I, uh, like this, we got like uh, Black Panther, right? Yeah. Civil War yeah. It just came out to time like, again. Timestamp this episode for everyone mm-hmm. recording May, uh, which I liked a lot, by the way. So I'd, uh, oh, you seen Civil War? Yeah, it was really good. Finally, it. finally. All right, all yeah, right. Sorry, we we'll have to talk. Like, we we'll have to talk about it on another podcast. We'll do a nerd dendum. Maybe we'll do a, just like next week. Maybe we'll just do a full yeah. one. And all right, all right, all right. I liked it a lot though. And Black Panther was like, you know. Really cool. He, he couldn't tell who he was, right? That's yeah. how that's how you do a mask. That's how you there. do a mask, people. In, in that's how you have a. Curious how to do a mask? That's how you do it. Full <laughs> face. He's got to pull the whole helmet off, and then everyone that it's like surprise. Like no, okay, not really that surprise. So so with so with He Man, you had Adam, you know, who had the you know higher voice, <laughs> <laughs> and had, had this little green tiger right by him all the <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Whenever trouble came, okay, these two guys just disappear, and then all of a sudden, you know, he goes in front of this castle, <laughs> or the uh-huh. castle comes behind him. Whenever he raises his sword, by the power of Grayskull, I used to love that. By the way, every I, I, I used to be my, my favorite part when it came up. By the power of Grayskull, I have the power. Bam! And then he, <laughs> and then he zaps his um his dog. <laughs> Yeah, it's his cat. It's cat. Like a horse. You're a horse now. <laughs> you're, you're a horse now. <laughs> but okay, so you got um Adam. He became. He all of a sudden got this tan. You know, was a little darker. Right. Got a got the orange um bowl cut hair. You know, and uh, and took off his is and shed his um clothes and everything. And all of a sudden, you know, he's he man. You know, but he looks just like Adam, the same right. guy. Right. You know. <laughs> oh man, that's just that was just so hilarious to me. But as a kid, you're not even thinking about that. You're thinking about okay, I can't wait till my favorite part comes up. When he's going to change the heat, man? Because Adam is boring. Adam is boring. How come that horse is just laying there? <laughs> Why was that horse doing nothing? I don't want to see high pitched cringer. You know, I want to see Battle Cat. You know, right? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> How come this whole episode's a wedding? Oh man, yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. An orco. Oh. Getting back to my sensitivity toward wedding episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got a long-standing beef with weddings and comics. Yeah, the origins of um, He-Man though were like a, like we were talking about where because we people thought uh, he, he well. Um, the people on Conan thought he was just a rip off of, you know, Conan and everything. So it was like a big lawsuit and all that stuff trying to, you know, um, make sure that they didn't, you know, come out with He-Man and Masters of the Universe. I want to say that that was the reason why they, they started to toy, the toy line. Um, the Mattel eventually won, you know, the lawsuits against the Conan properties right. and eventually were able to um, distinguish that this wasn't a, 
<laughs> a direct ripoff of you know the whole Conan experience or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they won uh, for some reason, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we eventually got the animated series, and you know, it did well. Spawn Shira, you know, his um, was it cousin, sister, uh, something like that. I don't you know, know man. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's when it started getting much into the same like show, except with the chick instead of a dude. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when it started going. Okay, well, they probably need to end this thing. Right. <laughs> they ran out of stories <laughs> to tell. You know, it's only so much you can do in like the the kid form. But that's He Man. Yeah, He Man. He Man was definitely like my favorite thing when I was like five. Like, for <laughs> yeah. like for sure, it was my favorite thing for a while. Like it was right up there. It was like He Man, Alvin and the Chipmunks. That was my deal. <laughs> okay. And then the the Bruce Springsteen single of Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which I had on uh, record. Okay. On vinyl. That was those were the big three pillars of my. Uh, <laughs> my pop culture life when I was five years old, man. Those are the three big ones. Uh, so you were getting prepared. <laughs> well, I was getting ready, you know. Also, I knew that I uh, better watch out. <laughs> All right, so um, so let's get to our big one here. Or okay. do we or do we have anything to kick out? We got a lot of stuff to kick out. I mean, for sure. Uh, but we can do- wait on that for a second. I want to do Star Wars character of the week, though. We can't forget. Star oh yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get to our Star Wars character of the week. All what right. We so H. That means uh, the big one, the big main character is General Hux. All right. Who is from the Force Awakens, and he mm-hmm. is Kong Gleason. He's the commander of the First Order that is not uh, that is not Kylo Ren. Okay. And he's just uh, kind of a dude with, uh, you know, a axe to grind, red hair. Mm-hmm. He runs the Star Killer base, which apparently is a lot like the Death Star, but it's not really like the Death Star. Shut up, it's not the Death Star. <laughs> uh, it's a whole planet where they can concentrate the <laughs> power of a star. You know who hated that was uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Really hated that idea. He was not afraid, not a fan of it at all in any way. Really? He's like, Why? He's like that would vaporize the planet if you could do that. The entire energy of a star, the total. Pot-. It's like, nah, shut up. <laughs> Time <laughs> uh, to charge up. He survives, so you know he'll be in the next one, right? Right. And he, you know, he's sort of in a weird, like, uh, like a co-leadership position with uh, Kylo Ren, right? Right. So real interesting stuff. Uh, he's kind of like the, um, you know, the much younger, uh, more, uh, you know, able to be in more stuff uh, version of, uh, you know, uh, Tarkin. Right. So you know, it's pretty good stuff. Anyway, that's the that's the character week. Not a whole lot of H's, honestly, uh, from the movies. And uh, because we have three readers in, one of them is super into uh, the expanded universe or the old expanded universe. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. Not anyone else from the movies that I felt was as good as Hux. Okay, so he can relax. Okay. Well, you, you, direct, you got... I'll directly respond to his uh, non-relaxing by telling him to relax <laughs> right well, you, now. You... Yeah, you, we got to um, talk about Han Solo. You know. Well, Solo's really an S character. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. 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 We'll we'll get to him in the S's then. So if, mean, we, if we're talking about last yeah. names as as the well, the letters, then yeah. How okay. else are you gonna list it, man? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Last this name is, first. This is a nerd cyclopedia. There are rules. For where we <laughs> okay. Right? There are rules, and I'm not about to break those rules just for the sake of using a better character. Nope, that's not what a nerd does. That's uh-uh. not what a nerd does. We're technically correct, and that's the best kind of correct. <laughs> so that's our Star Wars character of the week, General Hux, villain, also running with uh, Kylo Ren. Okay. Uh, 
I'm super, actually, you know, I gotta go buy episode 7 now that I got my Blu-ray player hooked up, so I'm pretty excited to go do that. I might do that today, actually. There you go. So I was watching the original trilogy on Blu-ray. They did a really awesome job on that, by the way. I gotta say, other than all the changes they made to, you know, specialize the edition. Uh, but the actual conversion to the Blu-ray is really awesome. Yeah, I think like that's a- what um, that's what George Lucas originally wanted. You know, he just wanted everything to look seamless and more updated to, um, you know, to 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 what today's effects would be. You know, as, as much as possible. I just should say. the colors, man. The colors, it's amazing. I'm not gonna get up too in my own head on this or get too off topic, but mm-hmm. boy, oh boy, that's something. Yeah, I gotta go back and watch him. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I gave an order. <laughs> he gave a first order. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we also got Hobbits. All right, Lord of the Rings, short, good-natured, furry Hobbits. Okay, wolves. They don't covet wealth, I guess. All right. Now I didn't. Um, I'm not too big on the Lord of the Rings, even though I, you know, saw the Lord of the Rings movies. Mm. Um, I didn't see any of the Hobbit movies. <laughs> in I fact, watched, I, I watched them. I don't remember much about it, but I watched them. Yeah, it because like I, maybe one good movie in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing I remember about the first one was when they when they um, when they all sung that song at the table. <laughs> right. Well, they're like an idyllic sort of farming type, mm-hmm. you know. That's that they're agrarian. And Martin uh, Freeman. <laughs> Martin Freeman is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So hobbits, you know, it had to be a hobbit that took the ring back because they don't have avarice. They don't have right. like greed, so it's hard for the ring to take advantage of their lust for power because they don't have any. Right. That's why that's why the hobbit is special because it isn't as impacted by the you know by the ring. Okay. As soon as you start getting into other halflings and humans, they're all, you know, mm-hmm. uh, very much affected by the ring. It takes a long time for the ring to sort of really impact Frodo Baggins. Uh, that's something that's, 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 he has the thing for like 20 years in the books. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't, like they don't mention it, but when Gandalf leaves in the first movie to go do the research, he's gone mm-hmm. for like. 12 years or some ridiculously long amount of time and he comes back he's like you still got that ring? <laughs> you still got that Frodo's ring? Frodo's like yeah I got it and he's like alright you been putting that ring on? <laughs> <laughs> no? You really sure? You sure you haven't been wearing that ring? <laughs> alright um, so that's Hobbits of course there's you know a big humongous topic right? alright Harry Potter Harry Potter now, technically you would say and I, and I know I was just very ner- nervous about this, right? Mm-hmm. That's an A. He's a P. Well, you're right. And we're not going to talk about the character. However, the title. The title. The title. It's a Harry technicality. Potter and the blank starts with an H. Always starts with an H. You know, ah, so we can Harry, talk about it here Harry, as, a, as the stories. Right, exactly. The character himself. We'll have to wait for a different day. And mm-hmm. we'll get into it later. But Harry Potter and the Philosophers or Sorcerer's Stone, depending on where you're located, mm-hmm. uh, of course, all the other ones. Uh, what a great series. I'll tell you, I didn't really get into it at first because I thought this is for kids and stupid. Right. Uh, you know, because I'm, I'm probably, you know, just on the far end of the generation that would have, you know, grown up with it. Because I think the first book came out in 98 and I was 15, 16 years old, something like that. Right. Like 97, something like yeah. that. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So the, and the movie came out in like 99. So I was, you mm-hmm. know. It was like, oh, this is for kids. I didn't mm-hmm. really get into it until 
Uh, I think I watched the. I, I was just bored, and you know, I, I realized that instead of going to see the movie, because you know I was on a date, you know, so you know, twenty bucks to see the movie, I was like, we haven't, you know, why don't we just go get buy this movie here? <laughs> like, right. I'll just buy it and I'll have it. It'll be like five dollars less. And uh, watched it. I thought it was awesome. It was really really cool. And the story is actually pretty complicated from a standpoint of what happens. A really 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 neat read. Mm-hmm. Uh, really neat uh, story. Well, a good movie series too. So it's about this wizarding world, obviously, and I don't know how much you know detail you want to get into on setting the stage, but it's about this wizarding world that was devastated by a conflict, and now it's rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> there's this. What's interesting about the narrative device that they use is that everyone knows who Harry Potter is, but Harry Potter. Like Harry Potter's famous because he survives this murder curse from the most powerful wizard ever. Right? Okay. This most powerful evil wizard tries to kill him and had killed like thousands of wizards, like decimated the wizarding population. Anyone who had a connection to human society, he had been wiping out. Right. And he tries to do it to Harry Potter and he backfires and kills him. And so Harry Potter's seen as this, this, he's obviously special, right? Mm-hmm. Because, um, you know, this, this wizard who's murdered so many couldn't murder this baby. Mm-hmm. So there must be something special about him. So he's called the Chosen One, and there's all this, this stuff that happens. And, and what's really interesting, and there's this narrative device that they present this, you know, throughout the, um, they present it throughout the, the story, right? Right. But what's really interesting is that there's another, there was another wizard that basically met all the same qualifications as Harry. Right. Named Neville Longbottom. And uh, like Voldemort chose Harry instead of Neville, which is so, which is so interesting. Like it could have been either one of them, but both would have filled like all the prophetic stuff. Right. But it was, uh, you know, Voldemort chose Harry, which is which is so interesting. It's such an interesting little, uh, you know, little feature. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, um, I'm probably one of the nerds that didn't get into like the whole Harry Potter thing, probably because of what you just said in the beginning. You think it's yeah. like you know for little kids, but um, <laughs> I would go. I would. That was right around the time where you know I was still riding the bus to work. Right. <laughs> And I would see people on the bus reading this these Harry Potter books. Right. You know, I'm sitting up here like, and these were like, you know, grown adults and stuff. I'm like, okay, what is this thing that people were just so into and they would just be really deep into Harry Potter, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. So it must not be that much for kids. And as the story grows on, you know, the, the Harry Potter gets older. So he right. actually matures into something that, you know, adults can actually relate to, you know, based on some of his experience and his adventures and stuff, which is what I think is pretty decent when a um, uh, when a character starts out as a child, but can actually grow and mature and still be as popular. Well, it's really neat about it is that there's all this complexity to all, everything all the characters do, uh-huh. but they don't spoon feed you. And then you just sort of realize it over time. You know, over time, you, you get to get this information about who, you know, what happened and why and how characters are acting. And it's all very, uh, it makes a lot of sense, you know, how the characters do things. And, uh, you know, it's really, really nifty. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool. Um, the overarching series, obviously, is like the most, you know, made a lot of money. Right. The author, which is neat, that you know. For Warner Brothers, which Warner is Brothers. really good for them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, great for Warner Brothers. Probably also the publishing industry. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because th- this might be the last big, you know what I mean, the m- last big paper primary published work ever. Like, you could see that. So that's another thing to think about to get, you know, again, into my 
futurology, right? Mm-hmm. Where, like, this is it, and now, you know, the next thing will probably be mostly online or different kind of medium. You don't think Game of Thrones, like the Song of Iron, uh, Song of Iron, Song of, uh, Song of Fire and Ice series is is up there with that? Yeah, but you got to produce that now. <laughs> like, like, you got to show me you can actually write that story and you haven't done it yet. Yeah. I think it'll take a, I honestly think it might take a ghostwriter to, to get finish that done. it. Just because, like, Martin just seems like he just can't do it. Like, he's wrote himself into a corner and, like, he just doesn't have the wherewithal to push himself out of it. Well, the funny thing about it is, um, if you were like a fan of Lost, when Game of Thrones first came out, um, he actually threw a, a and people really, um, really cried about how that ended, how the way that, and how the way that series ended, and how, you know, a lot of people just didn't like it. Um, or George R. R. Martin said, when Game of Thrones comes out, or when it came out, it won't end like Lost. It won't be. You won't have like a. Uh, you won't be disappointed or what have you. And here we are. It's 2016. The guy still hasn't <laughs> written. <laughs> technically, he hasn't written the ending yet, and he's just like lost. You know, he's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure he knows where he wants to go. It's just a matter of putting the, the puzzle pieces together. Right. But, you know, I guess that's the 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 the, the stresses of being an author. I guess. Well, not to get too again too into the pop. I know we try to stay away from getting poppy and timey, but we've right. done it a couple of times. But that last episode of Game of Thrones that was just on that was just emotionally <laughs> devastating. Uh, yeah. Like, I'm not okay about it. Uh, well, you know what? Okay, we're on H's, so... Oh, no. Well, first of all, before we start talking, I'm going to say this. Number one, obviously, if you've not seen Game of Thrones, skip, skip ahead a while. Because we're going to spoil we'll, 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 we'll an give, We'll give you a pause on a spoiler here, so like a five-second pause. anything else, stop. And maybe reconsider catching up on Game of Thrones now. Now. Do it. We're, oh, we'll we're, wait. We'll wait to the seventy hours it takes you to watch the first six seasons. We'll, and then, and then come back to this point, um, about an hour into our podcast, and you can catch up, or you know, just hear our thoughts on what we are about to talk about is one of the one of the bigger heartbreaking heartbreaking oh, no. is, is H. <laughs> but before we get into that, I want to okay. say I wanted to comment on this before we start talking directly about this this thing. Okay. Is that the the guy that directed that episode directed a lot of episodes of Lost. Yeah, yeah, Jack so, Bender. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting yeah. interesting parallel. Yeah. All right, ready? I'm going to give it let's give it another couple seconds just so people can decide if they really want to No, if, if they if they're not turned off right now then you know whatever. If you have not seen the episode which is titled The Door Right? Stop. <laughs> Hold the door. Oh, Hold the door. Oh my god. That's so upsetting. Yeah, it was a um very, very heartbreaking episode. Um and <sighs> I mean what else can you really say? You know, Hordor was a um he was a very popular character on the show and very sympathetic and you know you didn't want, want anything to really happen to him and he died heroically even though it was through like Bran uh, bargaining into him and everything but um well he saw his own death and it broke his mind and he yeah. saw a death that was like like you know you talk about like the very first episode of Game of Thrones right mm-hmm. the guy sees the White Walkers and he goes insane and he just goes south, right? He runs away and gets his head cut off. Like, that's how the series starts. That's where they go find those direwolves, right? Like, that's the yeah. just for all that. Right. Well, 
Well, Hodor saw all those whites and like he knew he was going to get torn apart by all these zombie ice monsters, right? Mm -hmm. And he had to mm -hmm. know that, and there was nothing he could do to stop it, and it just broke his mind. Because there's got to be something about, like, because Bran obviously made that connection between the two iterations of Hodor, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously that's what happened. I mean, jeez, ah, that's just so... And the consequence for for just not listening to this, the stupid three-eyed raven is so dire. Like, oh I my mean, but, but it's a case of um, uh, a, a child. I mean, because really he's still a child. He's growing, getting older. You know, we see Bran getting older. But he's bored, you know, and he's impatient. You know, he wants to learn more quickly. You know, the three-eyed raven isn't teaching him fast enough. So, you know, they show him, like, you know, uh, um, picking up dust and, or sand or dirt or whatever, just he just just saw him being bored. And then all of a sudden, he decides when everyone's asleep, he wants to go on his own and go into like the 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 tree or the oh. um, you know grab a branch. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And uh, and 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 he does some and he what what they say, Brand tricked everything off. He shouldn't have did that, and and it's heartbreaking that. Um, for Bran, the character that he was the cause of Hold, 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 uh, of Hodor being Hodor, yeah. you know, he's just a normal big guy, like he's just a normal guy. Yeah, he didn't want to hurt anybody. Nice guy. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's a simpleton that. Yeah. And it yeah. happened the day Ned left too. Like that's the crazy thing, right? So you would imagine, like people, everyone would remember when that happened. Cause that's like. Right. Ned going to live with the Aarons, mm -hmm. and, uh, and like the same day, and all of a sudden it's like this thing. This guy had a seizure, and now he can't talk, and he was screaming like, "Hold the door! Hold 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 the I, I sort of like. At first, I didn't like the way they they. Okay, so this is the reason why he's called Holdor, you know, because he was saying it, not you know, just something more. And that's the thing about Game of Thrones. You have all these theories. You have all these uh, things in your imagination of where things are going to go. And I guess you're bound to be disappointed because you're not the one that's writing the story. George R. R. Martin is. You know, so it's not going to be. He doesn't care about you at all. No, he, he doesn't. He, he's you. just writing the story, which is really how it should be. Oh. So any speculation, you're bound to be disappointed, you know. And right. if your theory ends up being like, you know, some sort of, you know, incorrect, then okay, good for you. But um, I was a little bit disappointed. That, but after rewatching the episode, I could see um, it, it st started to make a little bit more sense. And um, I guess the flow of the storyline actually made it a lot more heartbreaking yeah. um, about everything that, you know, happened. Bram warging and, you know, everything just getting confused and Holder being really caught in the middle of everything and then having to be the sacrifice of it. You know, so who is going to defend Bran now? <laughs> How is Bran going to defend himself? Because Hodor was like his bodyguard. You know, it's not just that. It's just he's his bodyguard. He's his horse, basically, right? Like that's yeah. what Hodor is. He's like a sentient horse. And, and they've got a sled, right? And yeah. who could pull a sled? Maybe a wolf. And the wolf is dead, too. Yeah, summer's oh, gone, Oh, that's man. like rough. That was really, that really sucks. Uh, <laughs> like, I'm not okay man. with that, man. No, no. They had this allegory like, okay. They kill summer, so winter right. is coming now for real. <laughs> well, it's not even just that. It's like, you know, and, and this is the other thing I was talking about on that world record Mario 2 video, which is kind of funny because it's like my things I'm typing it. It's, uh, it's a, obviously the direwolves are a symbol of the starkness, right? Like, uh, of like how connected are you to the stark? Okay. Stark name. And so, like, the, the ones that die, like, that's their. You know they're chain They're not. They're like rejecting their northernness, which is weird. So right. Santa's one first. Now the only ones that are left are Nymeria and Ghost, right? Right. So like you know, uh, 
that's why I think that, like, you know, it's pretty certain that Arya's gonna, like, you know, leave. Right? She's gonna leave the, the House of the White and Black and, like, just murder all those actors that are, like, making fun of her, her father. Right? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what's gonna happen, and she's gonna dip out and be like, now I'm an unstoppable assassin, so I'm just gonna kill everybody. <laughs> so, yeah. Back and, in then that, now. And, and then that poison might catch up to her, and, you know, okay, so you're not doing the job of what a face man is supposed to be. <laughs> so we, you gotta die. I Good feel. Luck. I, Bye. <laughs> She's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> but anyway, back to Hodor. Um, yeah. he was a great character, and it's sad to see him go. I'm sad. Now. Yeah. All right. So you can go <laughs> in and insert. Skip to twelve one twelve. If you want to insert that, although you know, if you haven't seen that, you're missing the podcast. It's all your fault, right? I mean, it's all your fault. Really, you know, it's your fault. If All you're right. not a nerd watching Game of Thrones, then, you know, what are you doing here? <laughs> I mean, you're not really a nerd, right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, maybe you're like a geek, but not a nerd. Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, so, all right. I think that's a lot. We covered a lot of age. We yeah. Out, there's other stuff, but hey, we're going to run through this again anyway. Yeah. We'll have, a, we'll have volume two, for sure. Yep. So don't, don't yell at us that we, like, you know, left your favorite thing out, because we probably did it on purpose. <laughs> We right. gotta still say we can't put everything in one podcast. Right? I mean, come on. Eventually, we gotta go do other stuff. <laughs> like we don't get paid to do this, right? We are. <laughs> like, Not that, right? yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, time to kick something out. Give it the boot. Okay. And this was an easy one. All right. Something that just needs to go. I'm not saying, and it's different from like when we kicked out like the Catwoman movie mm-hmm. or Avatar. I think we okay. kicked out Avatar, right? Well, this is something that just needs to go because it's evil and, you know, the whole idea of it. Okay. That is Hitler. Hitler is is evil. And I know we say a lot of stuff like, oh, you know what else we're throwing out? We're also throwing out saying someone or something is like Hitler. It's gone too. <laughs> I don't like that either because it's like, you know, it's a straw man argument now. Right. But also Hitler's, you know, BS, you know, racial purity. So yeah, you know, turns out to he, be hugely, hugely flawed based on how genetics actually works. He he did some <laughs> bad things based on what he thought and what his opinions were, and you know, people actually followed him. You know, ooh, that's how scary thought. <laughs> it's rough when you present an economic when you present a, uh, a philosophical solution as an economic solution. I think it's problematic. So that's that's what I'll say about Hitler and Nazism in general. And we'll give it the boot. Pretty easy decision to make, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, hey, that's pretty bad. It's like as bad as Hitler. <laughs> as bad as Hitler. Hitler's like as bad as Hitler, so easy, easy call to make. So this week we'll give Hitler the boot. Hitler's okay. gone. You want to throw the sound effects in again? See? <laughs> boot! Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I'll be putting those in. Oh, man. All right. So that's what we had this week, people. Yeah, this week uh, we also are sponsored by uh, Pens. Pens, they're how stuff gets written down. All right. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> the utensils you write with. Yeah, pens. It's a thing you hold, and then your thoughts are there. <laughs> they remain. Yeah. All right, so give them our um, credits there, Scott. All right, so remember, Nerd Encyclopedia is not just on iTunes. It's on uh, Google Play. It's on Stitcher. Download the episodes. Subscribe. Tell people to subscribe and review us, even if they're not even going to listen. It doesn't matter. Just tell them to do it because we need to get noticed. Because you know, again, this is a good podcast. You know it. You've stuck with us for the last hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, you need to get it done. Review us. Give us a five star. Throw something down. If you want to throw the following sentence in, I'll, I'll uh, just word for word. We'll know you listen. Uh, it should be uh, these nerds uh, make my entire body tickle. If you put that in there, we'll know you're listening and we'll be really appreciative. That's sure. a beautiful thing. And it's if beautiful. you loved everything that we said, 
Make sure you hashtag hate Sam. <laughs> <laughs> or hashtag hate Scott. Please do That's that. That's only if you really love what we said. Tweet at us. We're at NerdCyclopedia, uh, spelled the way it sounds. You can also email us at NerdCyclopediaPodcast at gmail.com. Or, remember, you can just review us on iTunes. We'll probably read those, too. We're pretty vain. And make sure you go visit the website, NerdCyclopedia.com. We have our own comment section on different articles that we do present up there. And um, just building it up, people. Getting it together. Big announcement for that website, too. I have written a DC fan fiction. I'm going to start posting that up there. woo Uh, I know, right? I'm going to get that done. It's pretty long already. Uh, If you have listened to the podcast, you know the stuff I like. A lot of the stuff I like is in it. It's not that great, but it's going up. So check that out too, right? And comment on it. And make sure you hashtag that hate Scott. All right. If you don't like it. All right. So uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, everybody. So I guess Crazy Man's going to take us out. And uh, goodbye. Crazy Man.